Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the uh, to the studio. My name's Isaac Butterfield and this is The Butterfield Effect, my podcast. And uh, for this week uh, and the uns- and foreseeable future, you've got little old me as the main guest. With what's going on in the world at the moment, I think it's, uh, it's only sort of remiss of me to, to do some plugging because honestly, like at the moment for people like me who are in the entertainment industry and who are... Um, who are, you know, performers and all that type of stuff. It's a tough time, but we got to find a way around it rather than just lay down and cop it. And what I'm, what I'm doing right now is, uh, I, I think this is the move for me particularly. I don't know about other YouTubers. I won't speak for them, but for me, I think uh, I need to produce more content. Now, I pump out about four videos a week. And all these videos are well-researched and all that type of stuff. I don't fuck around with that shit, but I feel like, particularly if people are stuck at home, then I need to be able to provide them with something um, of substance, if you will. So what I'm going to do is, is if you do have, and I know a lot of people don't at the moment, have a dispensable uh, sort, you know, part of their income, is I'm going to promote uh, my Patreon page, which is particularly just for this podcast. Uh, jump onto that. The link is down below. And what I'm going to do through that is I'm going to use that money from Patreon to hire... Uh, an editor. Now, the reason I'm going to hire an editor, and I I enjoy editing my videos. I've done that for the last uh, th- coming up on three years. I've edited you know three four videos a week, and and I enjoy that because it's a, it, you you're able to you know have a part in all this uh, sort of because when you're doing YouTube, you feel like you feel like you have no you have no control over what happens because it's all up to the algorithm and all that type of shit and. And I think for me, particularly having that editing part uh, is is really important. You know, I I know what I like, I know what I do, and all that type of stuff. And I feel like being my own editor allows me to do certain things that uh, if I had other people doing, I wouldn't be able to do. Oh, that's a good cup of coffee. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to hire, and not just hire anyone. Uh, the person I'm going to hire is my friend Morgan. Now Morgan. Uh, Morgan Brown, his name is, he's been in a few videos, he's actually uh, done sets, uh, opened up shows for me, his first time he ever opened up a show um, was, oh, would have been a year or two ago at uh, at a, a leagues club, uh, there was about 500 people in the room and he did his first ever set and he did a great, a great <laughs> he didn't even really write the joke, he was just telling a funny story about how he's, uh, this may freak people out, but on a man's penis... Not to give away the joke, Morgs, I'm sorry, but on a man's penis, there's a bit of skin that attaches the skin of the penis to the penis, and that's known as the bandro, banjo string, and he met a chick on Tinder, and he's snapped, and there's blood everywhere, ambulances, and uh, all that type of stuff. Anyway, he tells that on stage, and, and gets a really good response, and, and I love Morgan, he's a really great guy, and he actually helped me film the first ever video that I ever made, and that was called uh, A Dickhead's Guide to Newcastle. And uh, Newcastle's where I'm from, and that was sort of my whole 
my whole plan with YouTube. Uh, I went into it with, with, with sort of a, sort of a business plan. You know, I went in and I thought, okay, if I can come out, if I can come out and make videos about Newcastle, my hometown, if I can then make, you know, videos and, and, and gather that audience and then make videos about um, New South Wales, my home state, and then Australia, my home country, and then gather all those people and into the audience and then slowly grow from there. That was my big, my big plan. Uh, and, and it worked. Um, but yeah, Morgan shot that and he's got a a background in film and stuff, and he's obsessed with... Uh, he's the type of guy who listens to soundtracks of movies in his car. Yeah, he's a bit of a different bit of gear. But anyway, he was working um, right now. Uh, well, he just got back, actually. He's in quarantine at the moment for the next two weeks, but he was working over with Disney on Ice, and he was one of the electricians, and he would run the lighting and the sound and all that type of stuff. And and he got kicked uh, kicked out of Germany, basically. And they said, listen, we're stopping the whole thing. You know, bearing in mind, this was a six-month deal for him uh, with Dizzy on Off, tra- traveling through Europe, one, a job of a lifetime. You know, he doesn't have a missus here, or a family or anything like that. So, you know, he's got his family, but he doesn't have like a kids or anything like that. He's, he's 25, I think. And, uh, and they said, listen, we've got to shut it down. Like they've shut down everything else. And he came home and, you know, he's, he's quit his job. So I think it'd be good to be able to pay him to, to do something um, that he would enjoy and also be a part of something that he helped build. And that's what the Patreon um, pledges would, would be a part of. And uh, we're at $1,000 a month now and I'd love to get to 2000 because I'd love to put out videos every single day if, if I can. But, but anyway, that's, that's the goal at the end of the day is to just to put out as much content as I possibly can so that people like you watching this have something to come home to every day. And even if you don't watch every video, I, I know that that's sort of... Uh, the case with a lot of things that I put up and you know I'm like that with a lot of YouTube channels as well I don't watch every single video but it is there if I want it oh fuck that's a good coffee <laughs> and 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 that's what I want to be able to provide for every single one of you people at home and uh, the second thing you can do if you are interested in helping support this podcast is go to my merch store now I've got a lot of merch on sale um, a lot of new stuff. We've got a new logo. We've got heaps of cool stuff coming out. We've got the undies. We've got socks coming out. It's going to be sick. We've got bottle openers and shit. And it's just fucking, it's just a good time because all of that stuff that I ordered, and, and I'll get into this in a little bit more detail in a moment, was for Melbourne and uh, the Melbourne Comedy Festival. And, you know, we planned for 24 nights and 400 people at every show. So obviously, I ordered a lot of merchandise and now it's uh, sort of just sitting in storage. <laughs> Fuck it hell. But it's good stuff. It's comfortable stuff. So if you want to support this channel at this moment, um, you know how a lot of my videos get demonetized. Please go ahead and head to the merch channel or head to the merch store rather or or even go to the uh, the Patreon if you do. And, <clears throat> and if you don't have that, um, if you don't have that money to spare, then uh, share this video or, or share something uh, from my channel. Or if you don't want to do that, then leave it a like or a comment. And if you don't want to do that, then suck a fat dick. Uh, you do you, baby, whatever happens. (laughs) But it's been a tumultuous couple of weeks, hasn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Holy shit. You know, I I freaked out about doing this podcast by myself and uh, because, you know, I I, I want a sip of coffee and you're just going to have to listen to those fucking slurps, those little slurpies. This coronavirus has done a lot of things that a lot of people would think, you know, would never fucking happen. And, And it's been crazy, you know, to think that over the past what, three, four weeks, we've gone from a very normal life to something fucking outrageous. Uh, it's, it's scary. And I think that it's a good thing that it's scary 
because this is giving us sort of a dry run, if you will, of a serious disease. And I won't, this show isn't all about fucking the coronavirus. I know everyone's sick of hearing about it. So I just want to cover a few things and then, and then I'll move on from it and not touch on it. But when this started coming out, I, I didn't think anything of it, you know, and now it's sort of changed my life and it's changed a lot of people's lives. Um, a lot of people are losing jobs. A lot of people uh, have to stay at home and look after their kids or they're worried about their elderly friends or family getting sick and they're worried about getting sick themselves and, and that's a concern for everybody. But we need to realize that this could be a whole lot fucking worse. Like it really could. This could be so much worse. And that's what people sort of aren't getting um, is, you know... This is a dry run of a serious pandemic. If this had a really high fatality rate, like the bubonic plague. Now, the bubonic plague, I was watching this video last night on one of the YouTube channels I watched. I think it was, um, it was the infographic show. I really enjoy their, their work. And, and I was watching that and it said that I think it was something like at least half of the world's population was killed by it. Now, the, the bubonic plague or the Black Death was a, was a bacterium that people couldn't control and they couldn't work out where it was coming from. This is in the 1300s, mind you, so no one knows what the fuck's going on. But of the, um, of the 500 million people that lived on Earth at that point, not the 7 billion people we have now, but the 500 million, I think it was two to 250 million people died. A horrible death. You know, this could be a whole, whole lot worse. So let's just take a breath and think, thank fuck. But it also gives you an idea of... You know, this is all finite. This life we live where we go to work and we come home and we watch YouTube, we watch Netflix or whatever, and we go to the shops, la-di-da, we go to the gym, we go to the footy, we go to the pubs, nightclubs, whatever. You know, we're all so used to that. But this is almost like World War Three, except we're, we're fighting a, an invisible enemy and we're not fighting them with, with guns. And I think that this is, this is a positive thing for us. I think it'll actually bring people closer together. Like you may have noticed over the last couple of weeks that no one's talking about gender roles. No one gives a shit about that anymore because they're the real things that don't matter in this world. At the moment, life and death matters and that's what people are really holding on to. And I mean, when Tom Hanks was diagnosed with it just a couple of days, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then Idris Elba, people started going, oh my God, these Hollywood stars have got it and all that type of stuff. And that's one of the questions that I had about this whole thing was, you know, people were freaking out about that. But then when Tom Hanks was cleared of having any... Well, he's not cleared of it. He recovered. They came... They, no one in the media really said anything. And I thought that was really strange. But uh, thankfully, most of the symptoms for people are mild uh, to moderate. Uh, if, if you're, if you're symptomatic at all. And um, unfortunately, a lot of people do suffer and do die. There was a... But there's also... A lot of misinformation too. I remember people like, it's weird, right? It's weird because the some people on different sides of politics seem to want coronavirus to be more deadly and the other side want it to be less deadly, even though they're looking at the same numbers. There was a big left-wing uh, journalist in America who came out talking about a Portuguese, I think, forgive me for this, but a Portuguese soccer coach who was 21 years old and died. He said, look, this is, this is real. Corona can kill young people. But that dude had leukemia at the same time. So I think a lot of the times, particularly with young people and old people too, you're not looking at the comorbidities that, morbidities rather, that these people have um, when it comes to their death 
And I think that's something that's really important. But for me, it hit, it hit hard because it was uh, it hit hard in two two ways. I was I had my mother's birthday the other day, and uh, my gram was going to come over, and I had a bit of a cough, and and I was concerned. You know, I don't think it's anything too bad, but. If, if you listen to the media or read Twitter, you know, people are like, fuck you, don't go near anyone. And so I sort of shut myself down and I, I, I rang my gran and I was like, I really don't think you should come over. In fact, I don't think you should leave the house for a couple of weeks, you know, just bunker down. I said, I'll, I'll bring food to you. I'll bring you some hand sanitizer and, and uh, I'll leave it out the front and, you know, wash your hands afterwards, you bring it inside and stuff. And, and uh, I feel bad because she's like, you know, it's got to be scary for her. I sent her some flowers the other day and, and uh, and a little teddy bear because I felt really bad about um, you know saying fucking don't come over and shit like that like it's it's a bit sad with that but but everyone I know everyone's suffering and with me with Melbourne so the Melbourne Comedy Festival right <clears throat> um, I've been planning for that for about a year after last year's so I had a great time last year and we did a sh- we did a room it had about two hundred and fifty chairs and we sold it out almost every night. Um, I think the first couple of shows weren't sold out, but then after people got word that the show was good, and I'm not trying to fucking piss in my own pocket there, but that's what the, the review was. Even though no reviewers came to the show, cocksuckers. They um they came in their droves, and and now so I'm planning for that. I'm writing for it, and then two weeks out we get told no no Melbourne, and then we get told that the accommodation that I uh, had planned and, and, and Zach, my tour manager, he'd organized all this and, and uh, I was staying with Frenchie um, as I did last year and he's a great dude to stay with um, and to room with and, and you know, we're talking like for for a month, you know, I don't know what it was, like three, four grand or something for, for the both of us and in a nice, nice hotel, which was close to the venue. That's the most important thing. Otherwise, you know, you can spend less on, on a hotel or Airbnb rather, that's what we're talking about here. You can spend less on that and then, you know, you're paying 20, 30 bucks, Uber there, Uber back, you know, it'll, you may as well pay a little bit extra and, and be close to the venue, walking distance, if you will. And, um, and then, you know, we were told by the Airbnb after that, we're not going to get our money back. And then the venue was sort of considering not giving the money back. And the venue hire was something like $20,000. It was fucking insane, you know. And then that sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. But that's, you know, you spread that out over uh, 24 nights. Um, and you take a little bit of a cost, you know, each unit cost out of every ticket. So it sort of makes sense from a point, from a business uh, standpoint. Um, but there was all those things and even the merch, as I mentioned before, we got these stockpiles of fucking merch that, um, you know, that, that costs money to buy. And, um, I think we sell them for like 20, 30 bucks or something like that, or maybe 40 bucks and buy them for, you know, the prices vary, but we're only making a small margin on it. So there's a big investment of money and, and it's, it's, it's full on. And then the Melbourne Comedy Festival came out and, and, and said, and this is what I'm getting to here is they came out and said that, oh, we're not going to give back the registration um, money. And the registration money is like $600. And the thing with that is, okay, I'll cop that on the chin, all right? We're losing all this cash, $600, whatever, fuck it. But there's other people out there that are losing all this money and they don't have an income. Thankfully, I have an income through YouTube. But a lot of comics don't. And a lot of comics don't deserve it either. <laughs> And what I mean by that is a lot of comics talk shit about people like me, like Frenchie, like Neil Kalhatkar, like Friendly Geordies, these people who put content on, out on the internet, but now who's fucking laughing? You can't, can't go and do your $50 shows. <laughs> and we're still, we're still, you know, afloat. So suck a dick, fuckheads. <laughs> but it was, it was a shame. And then Melbourne came out and said, no, we are going to give the money back. And thank fuck they did that because that would have been a PR nightmare for them. 
And I guess that they would have spent the money on wages and shit, but at the end of the day, you got to, you got to do what's right in these situations. And, and everyone's losing money. Everyone's um, missing out on certain things. And sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and say, fuck, you know, we, 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 it's not going to go well for us, but it's, it's got to be done. Um, Zach Wilde has just messaged me. Remember that time you kissed a man? No. Uh, <laughs> fuck sack. So, writing is continuing for me. With the extra time I now have to write a new hour, and that Outlaw show will go around the country. That's what's exciting. Um, uh, that'll get announced once we know what's going on in the world, but there will be a big tour. Um, I think that's uh, I think that's what everyone needs, not just from me from a business standpoint, but and from a performing standpoint because I fucking miss doing comedy. Um, I miss getting on stage. I miss meeting people um, who enjoy my content and my shows and stuff. And I do miss that. Uh, but I am going to make this the best hour I've ever written. That's what I'm really trying to do. So not only am I writing uh, continuously. I'm also scrapping ideas. You know, if I've spent three weeks on an idea and it just doesn't work, I'll put it on the back burner and maybe it'll make sense in a couple of years. In fact, last year with the show that I did, it was uh, it had a joke at the end, the, the, the closing bit. I wrote that four years beforehand and I could just never get it to work. And then that year I got it to work and, and it became part of, the, part of the show. And I guess that's a, a lesson for any comedian, um, whether you're just starting out or you've been involved for a long time, you know. Keep keep working on ideas because one day an idea you might have a great idea in your head. Um, like I've got an idea in my head about um, oh fuck what is it? It's just escaped me. Um, fuck oh that I think it's funny that when we see people running in the street like they're doing jogging or exercise or out by the beach or whatever that we just assume they're doing exercise. Like what if they're actually running from something? Now, I think that's a funny bit, but I don't understand how it'll work, but I'll always keep that in the back of my mind because I feel like one day I might be able to make that work. I don't know how at this point. But anyway, let's get off the topic of coronavirus for the rest of the show. I've got some notes here of things I wanted to talk about, and there's no more coronas in there. No. Good. What I wanted to talk about was I wanted to send a congratulations to my uh, my friends over at Fairbarn Films, uh, Jackson's. And Lamb, Lachlan, uh, congratulations, guys, on one million subscribers. You will never reach my numbers, you fucking pigs. Fuck you. But they've really turned a corner with their content, too. They've, they've been pushing out as much content as possible, and I'm really proud of those guys. And, um, you know, they're very, very nice young fellas and uh, very different uh, human beings. You know, they're very... Uh, they're very well. Jackson's Jackson's a very country boy, and Lachlan's just in it for chicks. So whatever. Um, but you know they absolutely deserve that, and I and I hope they double down and put more content out. And I think it's a lesson for a lot of young content creators and people who are trying to build a an audience. Is you know write, work, edit, film, get as much stuff out there, and 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 gather an audience and and gather people that um, enjoy your stuff. Uh, you know and. And, and gather people that you know you, you want you want around. Like I'm I'm one of these people that uh, I'm a big believer in. I would rather have um, you know less views and more committed people than heaps of views and no one gives a shit about you. I think that's so much more important. Like people who are watching this video now and people who are watching like the longer form videos and the documentaries and shit. And I, I think they're the most important fans, subscribers. Um, 
contributors, whatever you want to call um, each other. I think that is really important because because without those people, they're the people that they're like with a pub. You know, you have your regulars, you have your people who keep the place operating and running, and I think that's the most important uh, part of all of that. So to Fairbarn, I raise my cup of fine coffee. Oh God, it's a good cup of Joe. Fuck, I make a moon coffee. But I move straight on to Sugar Daddies. We put a video up this week. All of... Actually, I think it's going up next week. I've got a video coming up next week about Sugar Daddies, and I recorded it last week, and then I thought I'd push it back because I had a more uh, topical thing come up. But um, I've got a lot of... There's a lot of girls in, in Newcastle, and this is why I sort of started talking about it. There's a lot of chicks in Newcastle right now where I am, and, and at the university. I think per capita... Uh, Newcastle University has more sugar babies than it does than any other university in the country. Uh, they're all on seekingarrangement.com. I might actually go to seekingarrangement.com. And the thing is with this, like, I get it that you want to, you know, do whatever you whatever you want to do. You know, I don't I don't really give a shit. But the chicks that, that treat it like oh, I'm I'm you know I'm a fucking uh, I'm an entrepreneur I'm uh, I'm you know doing this and I'm building my castle and all that why is it on Wikipedia? Um, I don't like that. I think that's a fucking cop out because you're not trying to build your castle or build an empire. You're full of fucking shit. You're just a big whore. Like, this is what these websites are. They're just rooting things. Okay, so when you go to Seeking Arrangement, right, it comes up with, uh, who are you? You know, I am a sugar daddy. I'm going to say I'm a sugar daddy, and I'm looking for a sugar baby. Uh, age is 18. It starts at 18. That's a good start. To 99. I'm going to lock that. Yeah, fuck it. We'll do it. Find my match. Does it come up with something straight away? I hope so. Yeah, I'm 18 years old. Uh, don't be abusive. No scammers, frauds, or catfishing. That's us. No low quality photos. Okay. Oh, you got to sign up. Oh, fuck you. All right. Well, we won't worry about that. <laughs> but I, I've had a, I've had an interesting sort of um, relationship with the whole sugar daddies and the OnlyFans and all that type of stuff. I just because I'm someone who who likes to think, you know, laterally, and and I think if I had a daughter and I found out that she was doing that, I would be so fucking ashamed. <laughs> Like, is that bad for me to think like that? To think that, you know, just because a chick's selling a pussy that it's it's a bad thing? Like, I literally think it's a, it's one of the worst things you can do as a female is to go out there and say, hey, listen, if you give me a Versace fucking bag, I'll suck your dick. But also, like, do whatever you want. And that's the sort of thing you got to weigh up here. Like, if you want to suck some dick, you suck some dick, baby. You go in there and you deep throat that motherfucker. You better get a good Versace. It better not be fake. Better not be fake Gucci. If you're gonna suck a me, if you're gonna suck some wrinkly old balls, that better not be fake fucking Gucci. I bought a fake Gucci. Um, uh, what was it? Like a like a wallet in um, in Rome on the street there near the Trevi Fountain. And the dude says, "You want a you want a Gucci wallet, a hundred percent real." I was like, "Fucking righto, how much, mate?" He goes, 200 euro." Two hundred euros? Fuck, it's a bit expensive. Oh, mate, no, it wasn't two hundred euros. It was one hundred twenty euros. I, I, how much is a Gucci fucking wallet? Gucci wallet. Gucci wallet. Okay, four hundred and sixty bucks. Four five thirty dollars. Seven fucking hell. Seven hundred and fifteen dollars. So he's offering me up a, a Gucci wallet for you know quarter of the price. And I I sort of played around with him and I said, mate, I'm not giving you one hundred and twenty euros. Bearing in mind euros, you basically 
75%, add 75% on, and that's the Australian dollar. So 200 bucks. I said, mate, I'm not paying that. That's bullshit. I said, you need to realize I don't have any cash on me. He said, all right, 80 euro. I said, no, mate, I got no cash. He said, 60 euro. I said, mate, I got no cash. 20 euro. I said, I'll give you 10. And he goes, deal. <laughs> so I knocked him down from 200 Australian dollars and bought a Gucci wallet for 20 fucking bucks, bruh. Fucking Butterfield, you've done it again. I wonder where this obsession with Gucci comes from. Because you look at the website and like the Gucci stuff, it's just fucking horrible. It's just gross. Like a lot of the shit on there is just like, like the wallets and stuff. Okay, I get that. The shoes, I bought Gucci shoes because I'm an asshole. Um, but I never fucking wear them. But like, look at this cunt. This fucking, I'm going to screenshot this and show you guys. This cunt, like have a go at him. Like, who wants to fucking look like that? That looks stupid. And it's just so expensive. Like you go and look at the shoes. Like th- everything's a thousand dollars. This is a thousand dollars. Thirteen hundred bucks for fucking Mickey Mouse shoes. Like fuck you, fucking Mickey Mouse shoes. I much prefer Jordans and all that type of stuff. I'm just not a fan. But anyway, what the fuck would I know? <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's sort of the, the clout and the fame that some people think they have, and they go, "Well, I need to have Gucci this and Gucci that." And it's like, who gives a fuck, mate? Get over yourself, you cockhead. I've been on Twitter a lot. <clears throat> I follow a lot of the people on Twitter that I don't like. And I do that because it helps with uh, video ideas. I really find that that keeps the... Because if, if, if someone writes something and I think it's fucking stupid or I think it's hilarious, then often it'll be a good video. And um, I, I don't give a fuck on Twitter. I'm the same with Instagram as well. Like, if you're talking shit to me or shit about me, I'll block you. I don't care. I have one guy. He said to me recently, he said, um, he said that my dog Littlefoot from the land before time. Remember the little foot from the land before time? I named my whippet Littlefoot. He said, that's a shit name for a dog. I blocked that cunt. I nearly fucking reported him to the police. Fuck that guy. Talk shit about my fucking dog, you little asshole. Fucking, I'll cripple you. I'll give you corona, you fucking anus. Talking shit about poor Littlefoot. He's the cutest little man alive. But Twitter's on fucking, it's a free fall. It's like the stock market at the moment. Twitter is an absolute mess. You know what? I, I, I was actually weighing up whether or not to tell people this story, but I think I will. I went to the bank uh, just the other day and I was talking to my dad about this and he said, it'll be interesting to see what happens if people start panicking, not about groceries, but about money. Because the banking system, the way that's structured, if you deposit $10 into your bank account, by law, that bank only has to keep about 10% of that. And the rest of it, they can lend out. So really, if you think about it like this, if you think about all that money that everyone deposits into their various banks, none of it's really there. It's all lent out. It doesn't really exist. It exists in theory, if you will. And he said to me, It'd be interesting to see what would happen if you tried to pull cash out at the moment with all this global freak out and pandemic and the fall of the, the stock market and uh, to levels below the 2000, I think it was 13, global financial crisis. And I said, okay, cool. So I went to my local bank and I said, can I get $50,000 out? And he said, what? Why? I was like, well, that's a weird question considering it's my fucking money. Uh, he said, um... I'll have to go and talk to my uh, 
my manager and the manager came out and said, why do you need $50,000? I was like, this is a fucking weird line of questioning. It's my money. I'll do what the fuck I want with it. And I said, oh, I'm going to buy a car. And she was like, well, can't you just use a bank transfer? I said, no, it's a vintage car. And um, I, I, the old bloke who, who's selling the car, he doesn't want to you know, deal with uh, bank transfers and all that type of shit. Now, bearing in mind that this is a test, I don't want to have $50,000 fucking dollars in my hand. Fuck that. That's a risk, okay? Keep that shit wherever. Um, and she comes back and she rings head office and says, listen, the most we can do for you is $20,000 in three days. I was like, what? You can only give me 20 grand? That's a lot of money, but if you were trying to pull all that money out, if this was going into some sort of weird global shutdown and you were trying to pull all that cash out, you want that money. You want that. That's yours. You need to keep something to be able to... Because, to, you know, let's say a fucking a solar flare hits tomorrow and all the electronics go out, you want to have some cash on you. Otherwise, you can't buy anything. You know, if credit cards stop working tomorrow because of some magnetic pulse sent out by some cocksucker in space, you can't use your credit cards. You can't use FPOST. You can't use any of that type of stuff. You can't even withdraw money out of ATMs. So what do you do? We don't have any legal tender. You've got nothing to buy things with. Unless you've got fucking stamps at home, you can't buy anything. So I wanted to see if we could get some money out. And and she came back and she said, we can do that. Uh, And I was like, well... Why can't I get this out? This is my money. She said, it's in the terms and conditions, Isaac. It's in the terms and conditions. I was like, this is ridiculous. I said, how much can I get out today? She said, I could get you $1,000. And that's it. $1,000. Now, I, I think that's bullshit. I'd love to know if you guys, if, if any of you guys work at a bank or any other type of stuff, if you know, uh, if you're a lawyer, um, you know, I don't want this money. I just thought it was strange because I know I've pulled out more than that in the past. And I'd love to know what you guys think below. But it is sort of scary. Like, if all this shuts down and we can't access cash, like, what happens? What happens if the government doesn't bail out the banks? Does all our money just disappear? Because that'd be fucking horrible. How many people out there have savings that they're relying upon? And then all that goes. I mean, it's fucking... It's a great concern. Oh, God, that's a good cuppa. <laughs> I, um, I also want to ask you guys a question. I want to know what you want to see this year. Uh, do you want to see more content on, on vegans, on cyclists? Do you not want to see that? Do you want to see... I don't want to be one of these people say, hey, what do you want to see next? It just means you're out of ideas. But I, want to, I do want to know what you guys think. And please let me know in the comments section below. On, on, back on the topic of uh, not the coronavirus, but the, the sanctions that have been put in place... Um, the UFC have come out and said that they're going to tr- try and do the uh, Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov fight. Um, and one of the restrictions in LA at the moment, in that area in California, where they're going to do the fight, I believe the restrictions are 10 people in an area. And Dana White, the UFC president, has come out and said, you know, we're going to fucking do it. We're going to do this fight. We're going to have this fight. Because remember, if you're a UFC fan, you may know this. But if you don't, this fight has been booked five times. One time, Khabib was in hospital. One time, Tony tore his ACL and MCL. And I'm pretty sure his PCL as well and his knee. Uh, Another time, I think Tony missed weight or something like that. There's always been something that has fucked this fight up. It's been booked. This is the fifth time. And I think Dana White was just like, fuck this. Obviously, he needs to make money at this moment. They're cancelling all these events. 
one of the things that I've always enjoyed about the UFC is that after after a fight night, after a card, he will come out and he'll say, this was the gate for tonight. This is how much money we made on the door from ticket sales. And, uh, you know, you look at that and, and it's quite it's quite a bit of money. And to think that now he's not making that and the UFC is not making that, considering that um, the Zufa group, well, no, no, Zufa, that was, that was Dana White. The new group that bought the UFC spent like, four billion dollars on it they've got to make their cash back so they've got to have these shows you know the show must go on this is why i'm doing this podcast here i can't have a guest usually i love having guests and and you know sort of going deep into people's minds and sort of work out what's going on but i can't even have skype guests because of the nbn some dickhead fucking dug up the front of our yard the other day to replace some piping or some bullshit and disconnected me from the NBN. And then with old NBN boy come out, he fucked, I don't know, he said he was a fan of the channel, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but he fucked up the thing and now I went from, I think, like 12 megabytes in download and like 2 megabytes upload speed, which is shit anyway. Now I'm 0.8 and 1.2. It's fucking awful. Fucking awful. And I have to deal with that now. And, you know, for most people, that would be annoying because Netflix is slow and shit like that. But for me, I fucking upload videos. This video right here, it probably took me about 16, I'm just guessing in the future, probably took me about 18 years to get fucking up on the internet. I probably recorded it in 2016. I know that's not 18 years, but you know what I'm saying. Fucking bullshit. Absolute bullshit. So I I spoke to the real estate agent that we're we're renting through, and that's another thing. You know, I wanted to buy a house at the end of this year. I don't think that's going to happen now. (laughs) But um, the real estate we're renting through... You know, I emailed them, so hopefully they fix it, but who fucking knows? I mean, I don't know. And that's what I've been putting off for the house sort of thing at the moment because I miss, you know, I've been putting that off um, until the end of this year because I was planning on not touring as much this year, but I think I'm going to do that now because after this, people need fucking comedy. They need something to laugh at, particularly after losing jobs and shit. So I'll do that, I think. Because um, I also I miss traveling. I miss hanging out with uh, with Zach and as I said before, meeting all you guys and getting out there and doing shows and seeing the world. And you know, I I was lucky enough to go over with uh, with Mrs. Butterfield and Zach last year over to the UK and we went to um, other parts of Europe. We went to Amsterdam and we went to um, went to Rome and Rome was amazing. I don't know if I'd go back there. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I might go back there when I'm an old man and suss it out of them, but. Just the lines, not lines, lines, like so many fucking lines. It was ridiculous. Everywhere you had to wait hours to get in. We're that much, we we were that much, (laughs) we were that fucked, right? We were like, fuck this. We landed in there. I think it was like on a Wednesday or something. We went to straight to St. Peter's Basilica in, uh, in uh, the Vatican, uh, in Vatican City there. And we're like, fuck this. There's a two hour wait in the line. And there's probably about four or five people across in the line and the line's, you know, probably a kilometer long. And I was like, fuck this. So we just followed the guards that were going through the line and we just sort of like mixed in with the line. We got the filthiest looks of all time. All these religious people. And none of them said a fucking word. Pussies. <laughs> so we got into the Vatican. And the Vatican is amazing. You know, they've got some crazy things there, crazy art. And we, we climbed to the top of uh, St. Peter's Basilica and that took ages to get to the top like it's a big building but the the way it sort of works is you're in these tiny corridors and you're climbing up the top of this thing and it's scary like there was a lady up there hyperventilating and 
and people are trying to pull on this rope to get up and man, it was crazy, but it was worth it once you got to the top. What I noticed at the top of it, there's a lot of graffiti. I was like, who the fuck's writing on a fucking basilica? Like, I think basilica means cathedral or church or whatever. And that was cool. We went to the the Colosseum. That was amazing. Didn't get to see the Sistine Chapel. I was was, uh, upset about that, but I would like to do that. But Amsterdam was fucking amazing. Um, The food there is awesome. The bit of hooky-tooky was not bad either. And um, all that type of shit like that was cool. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, but also, you know, uh, England was amazing. There's so many things. Edinburgh was my favorite place, I think, by far. I loved London as well, but that was on the end of the trip after five weeks. And we'd been, you know, it wasn't like a relaxing trip. We'd be, we were fucking, you know, flat out all the time doing shit. And, and we didn't really have time to relax, but um, we just, you know, sort of got, got stuck into as much work. And well, not work, doing shows, but traveling and seeing everything as we can. But when we landed... We took off from, I flew to Brisbane and then because Zach was in Brisbane, Mrs. Butterfield traveled with me and we went, uh, we flew straight to Singapore and then from Singapore to Heathrow Airport in London and then we were going to go straight from there, this is after like 20 hours on the fucking plane and then fly straight to Edinburgh, go to a hotel and relax and unfortunately that didn't happen, we landed in Heathrow after 20 hours or whatever it was and then we got told that our plane had been delayed, no, no. Our plane was delayed and the plane we were supposed to be on was had already left or was about to leave. Um, we found out later that it got delayed too, so we could have got on it, but anyway, whatever. And I think that was with EasyJet, I think. But we got fucked around. And so we go down to get the tickets uh, from the lady at the desk and she goes, oh, you're not on this flight. And we're like, what? No, no one's told us about this. Like, you know, the Singapore Airlines was supposed to sort this and they didn't do it. And, and Zach got on the fucking... Net. The email was blowing up because he was—he thinks he's all high and mighty, and he was like, "Mate, this is bullshit. You know, we need to be looked after here, and we're not getting looked after, and fucking this and fucking that." And I, I remember him just blowing up. So we we thought, "Fuck it," you know, we probably have to wait an hour or so. We'll go and have a drink, and then we found out that actually we had to wait seven hours. Um, so we ended up just getting on the piss uh, in the middle of Heathrow Airport at some weird. Uh, seafood bar, and when when our flight got delayed, we got given a um, we got given some uh, fucking what are they called? Like little vouchers, little gift cards for twenty pounds each, which wasn't bad. And then when our flight got delayed the second time, we got another lot. So we had we had you know we had hundred and twenty pounds, um, which um, I shouldn't guess. I should actually see how much um, AUD to GPD, Great British pounds, yeah. Um, so 120, 250 bucks. Fucking hell. Well, that's the Australian dollar now. <laughs> so that's a bit shit. Uh, let's say, let's say fucking $220. So we drank that in about an hour. <laughs> and then we ended up spending about 500 fucking dollars there and getting on the source. And then we ended up getting to Edinburgh. And, and this is 36 hours later or something, something ridiculous. And we got there, but, Edinburgh is such a beautiful place. Like the air is crisp. As soon as we got there, my mentality was, okay, I've tried to sleep on the plane, couldn't do it. So I slept a little bit, maybe two hours. Fuck, you miss laying down when when you're sleeping upright. And I said, okay, what I'm going to do is, 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 well, this is the plan for the whole group. We're going to stay awake until 10 o'clock at night and then we're going to sleep. 
and that worked. We did that, but that afternoon we went and had a look around the town and we went on joined a tour group. Man, just to come from Australia where our history is so short and then go over there where there's hundreds and hundreds of years of history. It's just so amazing to hear all the stories about the murders and the ghosts and the and the buildings and the and the and the and the, and the, and the ideas and the concepts and where people were hung and just a beautiful place and we went to Edinburgh Castle and man that that is a crazy place to be in a place where so much history has happened in that one spot and it's the same with the Tower of London in in London in England it is just crazy it's just your mind struggles to comprehend how much has happened in that one place and it did for me anyway Another thing I'd like to update everyone on is currently how my diet is going. As a lot of you may know, or you may not know, uh, I was 130 kilos about five years ago, and I lost 36 kilos, got down uh, quite low, got down to 94, and I'm six foot eight, so 94 is pretty skinny. I saw a photo the other day, and I was like, I fucking look sick. Um, but that was through eating a ketogenic diet, which is no carbs, under 20 grams a day, no sugar, and high fat, moderate protein. Uh, I was eating a more higher protein version of it because I was training, but anyway. Um, so I got down to that, and then um, I, I originally started the keto diet because I have epilepsy, and I was looking to treat that, and it worked. But then I got on an epileptic uh, medication, and it puts weight on and all this shit. Mix that with poor eating. It was also at the same time I had uh, I got diagnosed with anxiety and I started having panic attacks randomly, and I would eat, I would comfort eat, um, so I'd eat a lot more. Anyway, long story short, I put on uh, a fair chunk of change, and so the heaviest I got to was 125. I'm now sitting at 118, and that's because I got back on the keto diet and I'm 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 getting stuck into it pretty hard. And this is a uh, it's a mix with uh, some beautiful coffee and um, some MCT oil powder. Uh, and that's what I have basically for breakfast. When I'm recording this, it's one o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't eaten yet. I've trained and all that type of stuff. So that's sort of how my... And I'm not hungry. So it's it's, it's, it's quite a good diet. I, I honestly encourage everyone to do it. Um, and... I'm finding it really good. I've got a ketone breath meter as well. I've been blowing into that bastard and, and, and enjoying that and... Um, and, and I'll have to show you that maybe next week. But I um I think it's just such a great way to sort of uh, to lose weight, and particularly at the moment where everyone's stuck inside and they can't exercise as much and all that type of shit. Getting stuck into a keto diet is fucking smart at the moment because if you can do that, you don't have to worry about you know running and all this type of stuff every single day. Like you need to get your exercise in, and I train. Um, I try and every single week get at least eight sessions in so there's a couple of a couple of days there where I'm, I'm doing two a days and all that type of stuff but and through doing that and through actually setting a proper program uh, and I might even actually put my program out there if anyone's interested uh, I found that my the weight I'm lifting and having it on my phone to know what I lifted last week and I need to make sure I do that again this week I find that a, such a better way uh, to achieve goals and I'm breaking PBs my bench press was was, was shit and now it's at 120 kilos, and I'm really, really proud of that because I, it was just terrible. So finally, I'm doing, you know, my body weight on the bench and all that type of stuff. Stuff I should have been doing years ago, but you know, I'm making my way back, making my way downtown. And um, 
So I, I, I think that that's really important for me. But my keto diet's doing well. I cut back on calories in it as well. I felt like I was eating too much and uh, the weight wasn't shifting as much. And another one was uh, I was eating these protein bars that had myelotol in them. And myelotol I found out recently because I was measuring my blood ketones uh, through my, my little breath meter. And um, and I found out that this, this myelotol actually reacts in your stomach, uh, in your in, uh, digestive system as a carbohydrate. So it was spiking my blood sugar. And I didn't know that. And I was like, fuck, I've been eating these for fucking months. And uh, so I wasn't losing weight. But now that I've cut them out, you know, a week later, uh, dropping the kilos down, which is really, really good. And, and uh, so I'm really pumped with that. Now, on Instagram last week, I'm going to finish up with this. On Instagram last week, I did send the message out. I said, ask me anything. And I got a fuck ton of responses. So let's go through some of them right now. Uh, what does your dick actually smell like? This is from... Frenchy. Thanks, mate. Uh, it smells like uh, a, a foreign French cheese. Ooh, yes. Uh, this is from the Red Bearded Lesbian, Zach Wild. Your tour manager, Zach. Best looking bloke in the game. Absolute smoke show. He is the grossest man that I've ever met, Zach Wild. He shits. Diarrhea shits every morning. That's how healthy he is. Absolutely gross. Uh, why are you so awesome? What can I say? Have you fucked a vegan? I have not. Although you're an Aussie like me, you and not my people say yes. Do you like Disney, Isaac? Well thought out question, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Will your Sydney show be cancelled? I fucking hope not. Uh, how much does my dick stink? Why is everyone fucking asking that? It smells moderate amount. Who is my favourite actor? I love Will Ferrell as far as comedy is concerned. Um, ooh, uh, John Hamm. From fucking uh, Mad Men. I love that show. Um, can you please give me a shout out on your, your video? No, fuck off. When will my new special be released? Soon. We want to give it to the poop. You gay? Nope. Why are you so good looking and funny? What can I say? Am I dead inside? Not really. What is my opinion on Dave Chappelle? Oh, I love Dave Chappelle. How's this for a fucking story, right? So my friend Adam Greentree rings me. And he lives in the same city as me. And we, we've caught up a couple of times, um, you know, a month since we sort of became mates. And he rings me out of the blue. And he never really rings, usually texts. He said, hey, mate, how would you feel about after Melbourne Comedy Festival flying to New Orleans in America and going to Joe Rogan's show to meet J Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan? I'm like, fuck yeah, man, let's do that. And we set it up. We bought the tickets. Everything was planned. And then the fucking coronavirus turned, turned up and ruined everything. And I know most of you guys know that uh, Joe Rogan's my fucking comedy hero. And that was fucking bullshit. Absolute bullshit. I'm shattered about that. Do I have any toilet paper? I ordered some online. It hasn't turned up yet. What the fuck? Um... Am I metal-headed or I just put... Uh, Enter Sandman as my entry music. Well, when I do shows, I usually have Enter Sandman as my um, going on stage music. And I'm not really a metalhead. I just enjoy that fucking song. It's not bad. I got a photo with you in JB Hi-Fi back in January. A moment I'll never forget. What, being in JB Hi-Fi or meeting me? Because JB Hi-Fi, not bad. How long's your schlong? Not very long. <laughs> Can you be a politician? Not a chance. 
How long did it take you to grow the beard? A long time, all right? A long fucking time. Who do you think is going to win the NRL this year? Go the Knights. Um, why don't I start my own church? I don't know how to. Uh, how was your Tassie trip? Terrible. It was all right. I didn't mind it. Tassie's just a weird sort of place. Uh, how big is my dick? What's fucking wrong with you people? Uh, when did you really want to pursue comedy as a job? Um, since I was probably about 12, I really started to think of it um, as something I could do as a profession. And I'm very lucky to have uh, started that. And, and if this disease ever fucks off, then I, I plan on continuing it. <laughs> uh, any advice for getting better speech at public speaking? Mate, honestly, to become better at public speaking, the only way to become better is to do it more. Uh, do it as much as you can. And I've always been, I've always enjoyed it and I've always done it, but I still get nervous before I go on stage. You just got to get out there and understand that everyone who does stand up, everyone who public speaks, spokes, speaks, um, is nervous, is worried. And if you're not nervous and you're not worried, you don't care and that's shit. You should care. Particularly for me, like that's what I get most nervous about is I have people in the audience that have paid good money and they've spent their hard-earned wages to come and see me perform and I don't want to let them down. That's my big fucking thing. Can I please kiss you? No, Smithy boy, you may not. Um, God, they're all about fucking toilet paper. Why am I so hot? What can I say? Oh, this is fucking shit. These are shit questions. I thought you were going to ask them fucking, what's my dream car? None of your business. Am I still a virgin? Yep. Does my dick stink? Yes, Josie, it does. Have I considered virtual comedy? No one likes virtual. I do that. I do four fucking videos a week, you dumb bitch. Jesus Christ. Would I be a sugar daddy? Yep, sure. That was to a bloke. Good on you, mate. Uh, have, have I ever regretted a, sh a joke on stage? No. What's the difference between uh, your condition and epilepsy? Oh, it's a fucking whole thing. It's like, it's a weird... What happens with my epilepsy is I lose control of my head and that sort of starts happening. I go blind in one eye. It's a fucking mess. But uh, thankfully, I don't have that anymore. Uh, I'm medicated for it, but it's something. I, the medication is something I'd like to get off at some point. But don't we all? We all want to get off. Um, these questions are fucking shit, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> There's a fucking fair, fair chunk of them. Anyway, uh, I think I think I got out of. I, so I put that the questionnaire thing out. I said, ask ask me anything, and I think I got something like four thousand responses. So I just went, went through and screenshotted about 100 and they're terrible. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you very much for joining me on this show. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, something a little bit different. Um, let me know down below if you'd like me to do another one of these solo ones. I think I will. I think it was actually quite fun just to get a few things off the old chesticles and uh, talk about what's happening. But um, once again, you know, there'll be more content uh, on Monday or Sunday. I'll be putting up Sunday content too, just a little bit of a twoser for the week. So I hope you enjoy that. Anyway, I'm going to go and have some lunch because I'm very fucking hungry. And uh, peace in the Middle East, mid-extincts, be a good motherfucker, and I'll see you as soon as I possibly can. But if you didn't join this, head to the Patreon page or grab some merch. Ladies and gentlemen, toodaloo, au revoir. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 